Children's Church. And if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. We're going to read over into that 14th chapter. I want to get this familiar story in our memory that we can look at it and hopefully glean some precious truth from it. Numbers 13, starting with verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up, and like the King James would say, at once, and take possession of the land, for we are certainly able to do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we see there are great size. We saw Nephilim, the descendants of Anak. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. Chapter 14, verse 1, That night all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud, and all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this desert, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. And wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Too many go back to Egypt. And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, who were among those who had explored the land, they tore their clothes and they said, to the entire Israelite community. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. We'll pause there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to talk a few minutes. We'll begin a series called Roadblocks to Our Inheritance. Roadblocks to Our Potential in Christ. God desires that we reach our full potential in Him. God wants us to go forward, growing and advancing in achieving and maturing. A next level people, not a return to Egypt people. And whether it's in the area of your Christian character or your career, whether it's in your ministry or in your marriage, your finances or in your witness, God desires us to embrace His promise and go on into the fullness of His blessing and the riches that He has for His people. Each one of us was uniquely created for a divine purpose. Created in Christ for a special work in works. God ordained plans for our lives. And the good news we find in the Bible is that we can achieve them and we can embrace them. 
And we can overcome sin and Satan and setbacks. And we can possess the goodwill of God for our lives. If we'll dare to believe this God. And obey this God. And follow Him wholeheartedly. Israel, um, we'll use Israel's first failed attempt to enter the promised land. And let's apply these lessons to every area of our lives that has a promise attached to it. Whether it's personal growth, whether it's possessing God's will, whether it's doing God's work. Now we know the Bible teaches us that God leads and gives His people promises. But we must exercise our faith, our obedience, our action in order to embrace that promise or receive that promise. We recognize the Bible also teaches that there will be opposition. There will be detours. There will be resistance along the way. You can mark that down. This is a fight of faith. And we note here that the hindrances and the roadblocks that this series will touch on is something that all of us can fall prey to. It's something we all face and we can all be susceptible to. Now this morning we can only touch on uh, on one roadblock and we'll get to the others sometime later in the next few weeks. But number one, we talk about an impossibility mindset. The first roadblock that caused these people that had God's promise, that had seen God's power, that had God's great blessing before them to turn around, to reject God, and go back to the old way of life was an impossibility mindset. We counter that, of course, with a possibility mindset, with a mindset of faith. But this is a mindset that said we can't, we're not able, it's impossible, they're too strong for us, we liked it better the old way. They forgot that God's promise was um, Israel's title deed to the land. They forgot that it was God's guarantee that they would defeat their enemies. They forgot that if God before us, who can be against? They forgot what we know that His promises, His promises are yes and amen. Men's promises you take with a grain of salt. But His promises you can stake your life on, you can put your confidence in, you can believe them regardless of what you see in the natural, regardless of what other people say with their negativity or their evil reports. When God speaks, you can put your trust in it, you can stake your claim to it, and you can walk on it with complete confidence that if God said it, He'll do it. If God spoke it, He'll bring it to pass. Can you say amen? The impossibility mindset. It keeps many people from God's best. It sends many people back to an Egypt where they die instead of entering in and enjoying the blessing that God has ordained instead of fulfilling the purpose that God has chosen for their lives. Israel wouldn't believe and trust God. They allowed fear and doubt to poison their perspective. To darken their vision and to turn them back. My friend, don't turn back. No matter what happens in life, if you get knocked down, get back up, but keep marching on towards Jesus. If others offend thee, don't use that as an opportunity to go to hell. They're going to hell on their own. Make up your mind, you're going to heaven. It might not always be easy. It might not always seem fair. But you make up your mind, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to make heaven my home. It might not always be easy. But I have made up my mind, the world behind me, that cross before me, there is no turning back. We're talking about a group of people. We see it in the church. 
God had blessing for their life. God had promise for their life. God had purpose for their life. But something happened. They turned and they went back to the old. They didn't want to believe the promise. They believed the negative. They believed the, the counter instead of trusting in the Lord. Let us remember, they believed the human reports that were exaggerated. The human reports that the Bible says were, were evil reports. But they struggled with God's report. Oh, my Lord. Don't struggle with God's report. Believe God's report. Amen? Stand firm on God's report. Go ahead and shout with God's report. Let us remember with man many things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And you can't overcome the things. No matter what those things are, there might be something in your flesh. There might be something in your past. There might be something that's pulling you this way. There might be a defeat that you went through and now you don't trust God like you used to. I want you to know that you can overcome the things that attempt to hinder your advance and keep you from God's will. We're going to say it again. God desires. This is the will of God for you that know the Lord. God desires our advancement, our achievement, our maturity, and our victory. And we must have an I believe God attitude. We have to have a we are able because God's Word is true attitude. And I want you to know if you're a Christian, you are able. You're able to grow in God. You're able to receive the promise of God. You're able to overcome the negative. You're able to see the blessing of God come to pass in every area of your life. But here we see Israel. They stumbled. They failed. For they had a mindset that said, we are not able. This opposition is too much for us. And they turned back. They went away from God's best. That's a roadblock. That's a hindrance. We wonder why many people fall short of their God-ordained destiny. One roadblock is the impossibility mindset. Instead of believing what God says, they believe what they see in the natural, what they feel in the emotional, what they hear from the peanut gallery. And this roadblock will hinder what God desires to do in your life, to do in my life. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. But it's by our faith that we possess the good promises of God. Looking at this roadblock, let us notice four negative things. That the mindset, an impossibility mindset, we can't, God's not able, they're too strong. That mindset produces four negative things that we see. Number one, it minimized God in their eye. It minimized God. Look at verse 31. Look at verse 31. 13 and 31. But the men who had gone up with him, they said, we can't attack those people. They said, we're not able to attack them, for they are stronger than we are. Isn't it amazing? Twelve can go out. Ten can have one report. Two can, you know, you can go through the same thing. Faith has a different perspective than doubt. Isn't that right? Oh, yes it does. Hallelujah. It minimizes God. This is a mindset that reduces God. It makes Him small. makes Him distant. makes Him weak. It enlarges our weaknesses and fears, our insecurities. I believe it was back in the 90's. There was a song and it had a line in it that said, I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh God, forgive me. For I have believed in a lie that you weren't able to help me. Now the songwriter goes on to turn back to faith, to adjust its vision, 
to confess like many of the Old Testament Psalms. It begins with a lamentation, but then it adjusts and turns towards faith and praise. But that line, as I studied this message, I thought back to the line. And I said, oh, it's such a shame that many that love the Lord feel like that and believe that line. That the line that some people feel that their God is like too small or somehow, even though they know their Bible, they don't believe that their God is a right now God that can do it now and do it for them. I want someone to know your God is not too small. His arm is not too short. He is able and He is faithful. Whatever you are facing, that wall can come down. That Red Sea can open. Whatever you're going through, as God said, Moses, I am that I am. I'll be whatever I need to be to bring my people through. And God wants you to know He'll be whatever He needs to be to bring you through. So don't minimize your God. Instead, remember the Lord is strong. Strong and mighty. He's mighty in battle. And wherever God tells you to walk, And whatever God tells you to do, His grace is sufficient for you to do it. It makes no difference what the circumstance says. It makes no difference what society says. If God be for you, who can be against? But this kind of mentality minimizes God. And that's why people start off and they never complete. That's why some start off and then they turn back and they never continue on. Number one, this mentality minimizes God, but secondly, it magnifies, it magnifies the problem. Look at verse 32. This is the other side of the coin. When you start to minimize God, you're going to maximize what you're facing. Verse 32, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report. A bad report about the land they had explored, and they said, the land, the land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people that we saw were of a great size. Well, they weren't bigger than God, were they? But it magnifies the problem. This is a mentality that begins to cause a person to distort and blows things out of proportion. People give in to desperation. They run out. They give up. They lose hope when they begin to distort things and things get blown out of uh, a proportion and desperation. The Bible tells us that Esau sold his birthright. You remember the story from Genesis. He sold his birthright. He got into a place of desperation. He was overwhelmed. And we lose things when we magnify the problem instead of magnifying God. We lose benefits. We lose blessings. We lay aside promises and callings and destinies when we begin to see the situation is overwhelming and too much instead of trusting God and believing God. But when we have a mentality that says, I can't be done. It can't be done. It's too much. It magnifies the problem. Things just get worse and, and things get uglier and things get darker and things get more desperate and exaggerated. The sky is falling. The sky, oh, Chicken little. The sky's not falling, just an acorn. Come on, say amen. God is still on His throne. God's still holding you in the palm of His hand. God's promise is still yes and amen. But the deadline's coming. God knows your deadline. God's greater than your deadline. He'll resurrect it and turn things around. God is always on time, even when He stretches our faith. But when we get overwhelmed, faith gets eclipsed. Problems get bigger. They begin to believe a lie. The land devours. They said this land devours. There's no hope for us. Now the counter, of course, is not to see the problem being magnified, but to see the Lord high and lifted up. Glory and splendor. 
ruling and reigning. Your friend, every opportunity to fear is an opportunity to trust God. Every opportunity to make an excuse and go back to the old way is an opportunity to trust God and watch Him work in your life. Every opportunity to fear is an opportunity to believe God and to cast your care upon the Lord and experience in your life the helping hand of a living God. I want you to know you can experience in your life the hand of the living God working His wonders. You don't have to be someone that just listens to stories from grandma or from yesteryear. In your own life, you can know the power and the working and the mercy of God flowing. Every time you face a challenge, it's an opportunity for you to call on the name of Jesus and see the hand of the living God show Himself strong on your behalf. Don't allow the situation to turn you back towards Egypt. Let it cause you to fix your eyes on Jesus and cry out to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if you'll do that, He'll work in your life. He'll come to your aid. He'll hear your faintest cry. And He'll stretch forth His mighty hand of deliverance. Caleb, he didn't magnify the problem. Instead, he magnified the Lord. He looked through the lens of faith. Look what Caleb says, chapter 14, 8 and 9. Chapter 14, 8 and 9. Here's Caleb's response. I think it's awesome. Because remember, the doubter said, the land is going to eat us up. Caleb said, uh-uh, we're going to be doing the eating around here. Amen. The enemy's going to be getting eaten up as God's with us. If the Lord is pleased, but mark this down. If God's with you and God's pleased with you, then nothing in hell can stop you. You write that down. Don't you be afraid of anything. Stop making excuses about being timid and be bold in God and make up your mind of God before me. Come on, say amen. If the Lord, he said, if the Lord is pleased with us, if God is with you and God is pleased with you, no devil in hell or Durant can stand against you. Let's not limit ourselves by making God small. Let's not limit our potential from being fulfilled because we're not willing to step out in faith and believe that our God is still a God that does the impossible. He's still a God that makes a way where there seems to be no way. Here is a ten men, ten leaders from the tribes of Israel, and they say that land, because they had an impossibility mindset, they thought it was impossible. They thought God's promise was too good to be true. They didn't think God was honest to them as if God would lie to His people. And they said, that land eats us up. And Caleb says, "Uh uh-uh, I've got the eye of faith, and I want to tell you, I'm I'm not going to magnify the problem. I'm going to magnify the Lord. And if this God is pleased with us, He will lead us into the land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And He'll give it to us. Don't you be afraid. God said it. God said, I'll lead you. God said, I'll guide you. He says, I'll take you by the hand. And I'll take you every step of the way. But don't you turn back. Don't you give up. You make up your mind, I'm going to step out. And I'm going to trust God. And God says, when I see faith. Look out, look out, look out. Your faith begins to unleash my blessing. Your faith begins to release my working. And when God starts working on behalf of His dear ones, oh my Lord, breakthroughs come. Miracles happen. God! Caleb's talking to the nation. You know, it takes some guts to talk to the nation. Anyone can gossip behind scenes. Those are for cowards. It takes guts to say it up. Come on, say amen. I'm feeling something tonight. I'm feeling good. My Lord, I feel good. Woo! Caleb's one of my heroes. 
Caleb, love that name. One of my favorite names, that Old Testament. Mad Dog. You study the Hebrew, Mad Dog. I'm telling you, I don't have time to go through it. Mad Dog. Woo! Man, woo! I mean, he's standing against the whole group. Him and Joshua. Sometimes you've got to stand against the rest of the unbelievers. Amen? They got excuses. Oh, excuses. Excuses. No, no, no. There are no excuses. We got a land to possess. Amen. We got giants to conquer. We got things to take on. And Caleb said, now only don't rebel against the Lord. Victory is easy. You stick with God, you're going to get it. You rebel against God, I hate it for you. Isn't that simple enough? This ain't complicated. We make it not complicated at all. Put Jesus first and it'll work out. Put him somewhere else and you hate you did it. Only don't rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the Lamb. I look at this, look at this. Because we will what? We'll swallow them up. Remember they said the land swallows? No, no, Caleb said you got it backwards. If God be for us, we're the ones doing the swallowing around here. Amen? And he said, what did he say? Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. What is it? He said, he said, we'll make their bread. Their cake. That's what he's saying. We'll eat them up, is what he says. He's just saying, we'll eat them up. Are you kidding me? I don't care if they got cities. I don't care if they got their tanks. If God is, we'll eat them up, man. How one sect could say, we'll get swallowed up. How another can say, look out. Just don't worry about, listen, if he's for us and he's pleased, we've got to be pleased with you. If he's for us and he's pleased with us, then nothing will stand in our way. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God wants us to advance. God wants us to possess His best. God wants you to be the one He created you to be. God wants you to fulfill His divine destiny and purpose He's placed upon your life. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that He has preordained before time. God has a work for us to do, but there will come resistance. There will come things to try to hinder us, to try to turn us back. But we have to learn how to trust God and believe God because every step of faith will take a greater measure of faith to overcome and to prevail and to believe. Magnifies the problem. Number three, the impossibility mindset. It not only minimizes God, it not only magnifies the problem, but it incapacitates our potential. It disables our potential. You know, potential dies all the time. Potential is only good if we develop it. Potential is only we talk about potential, but potential dies in its embryo form more often than it blooms into the maturity. And when I have an impossibility mindset, and I don't believe that God is able, and I want to turn back and not press on, and I want to play it safe and not step out. There, it could disables, disarms, cuts down, incapacitates my potential. That's the one we look at 20 years down the road. And we say, man, what could have been? What should have been? What might have been? If they would have put God first and trusted God in all things. Wow. This is a mindset that keeps us from obeying and acting. It paralyzes faith. This mindset keeps us from obeying, from acting. Therefore, it keeps us from receiving and achieving and accomplishing and growing. It stops our participation. Listen, you can talk about all the promises of God and throw them all out. 
if you don't participate with God. Faith without faith without is and faith is what? An action word. Faith is an action word. We can say I'm believing, but God says, What are you doing? We can say I believe, but God's saying, Where's the beef, baby? Remember the Wendy's commercial? Remember the Wendy's commercial? Amen. They're a little late. Where's the beef? Amen. Where's the beef? Where's the action? I'm waiting on God. We we abuse that waiting on God thing. Sometimes there's a time to wait. Sometimes we abuse it because we don't want to step out. How many people said, um, I'm going to start giving more? That was 1982. Um, But they never got to to step out in faith and just trust God in the finances. I'm called. I'm going to go to Bible school. That, that, That was when you were 18. You're 58. Oh, no. See, many, 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 many promises. Many a potential. Um, incapacitated. Disarmed. Because fear paralyzes faith. Faith is my obedience and my action. And if I don't work with God, it's my action that puts in motion the blessing of God. We're all sinners today and we hear a gospel message. We're hearing a word of faith. Amen? We hear the good news. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word. We've heard the Gospel. Amen? We've heard everything we know to receive Christ and be forgiven and make heaven our home. And we certainly know the power to do that work is present in Jesus Christ. Amen? So we hear it. The power is present to do it. What unleashes it? Our response. What unleashes it? Our action towards that Word. I know this preaching bugs people that have been complacent and comfortable, found your comfort zone. But I, you know, every now and again, I just I can't live. I got to face God someday. I got to stir something up in hopes that maybe someone will respond, that someone will recognize this is not God's best, and He's calling me to step. He's calling you to move. He's calling me to act. Hallelujah! You see, friend, whatever hinders my obedience hinders my blessing, and my breakthrough, and my achievement. Again, we could all be lost. We hear the Gospel message. The message is true. The power of the Lord Jesus is here to bring that message to pass. What's going to trigger it? My response. What's going to put that salvation in motion? Responding to the call. That's how the promises work. God speaks. We respond. Let's go a little deeper in this. They say in verse 33, this is incapacitating our potential. Verse 33, we saw the Nephilim. We seemed like, look at, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. In our own sight, they said, we seemed like grasshoppers. In our own sight, we're, we're not smart enough. We're not strong enough. This is this 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 potential, this 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 outlook, this impossibility of mindset. Instead of looking through faith and believing that we can, and believing we can do all things through Christ that gives us strength, believing that God's grace is sufficient for every task. Instead, we start looking and our insecurities grow, and we begin. Uh, we might not call ourselves grasshoppers, but we'll say, I, I, "I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough." I'm not brave enough. I'm not not talented enough. I'm not good enough. They call themselves grasshoppers. But how many know that God's people are not grasshoppers? They're more than conquerors. They're overcomers through Christ. 
But if something, if anything can keep you and I from obeying, whether it's a fear, doubt, an insecurity, an ignorance, if anything can keep us, if something can keep us from obeying, it will suffocate my potential in God. And ultimately, will disqualify me from the promotion that God has in store. Because God's Word requires my response. And if God speaks and says, here's my promise, I've got to respond to it. Just to make believe I didn't hear it, I've got to step out and do something. You could be here today and everyone in your family saved. But if you want to receive Christ, it's up to you. You can hear God speak to your heart saying, I'd like to use you in such a way. But if you don't take the next appropriate step, that word will just perish away. And possibility mindset gets such a negativity that it paralyzes action. All these people had to do is say, yes, Lord. And God would have took care of the giants. God would have took care of the fortified cities. All he was looking for is a yes, Lord, and obedience. That's all they had to do. He wasn't asking for them to be stronger. God was stronger. He wasn't asking for them to be wiser than what they were facing. God had all the wisdom that they needed. All God was looking for is that they would obey His Word and believe His promise and step out and God would do the rest. Can you say amen? If something can keep us, it will suffocate it. It will disqualify it. God has promised our faith puts in motion and lack of that brings it to a stop. Follow me and survey some examples from the Bible. Walk with me. I know most of us know our Bibles here today. Peter is going to catch the greatest catch of his life. But first, what's he got to do? He's got to cast that net, doesn't he? He got to cast that net. It, it was illogical. What he, it didn't make any sense. He was tired. He didn't feel like it. It had been a failure of a night. But because Jesus said, Peter said, Lord, because you said so, it don't make sense to me. Actually, I'm tired. I wish you weren't even talking to me. But because you said so, I'll cast the net. He cast the net. Biggest catch he ever got. The net never would have got blessed. The harvest never would have came in unless he obeyed the word of the Lord. A word that he didn't understand. A word that he didn't agree with. A word, quite frankly, he was tired at the time. He didn't feel like obeying, but he knew enough. If Jesus said it, I'm just going to obey it. And God took care of the rest. Can you say amen? Let's look at another one. Joshua and the nation. They're going to see Jericho's mighty impregnable walls fall down. But first, they're going to march around those walls. You know, faith's got to put feet to it. Amen? Faith has to have some feet. Faith's not just about thinking about and reminiscing. Faith is an action word. God gives them a strange strategy. With specific instructions. You're going to walk for a while. You're going to hush for a while. You're going to walk some more. You're going to shout. I mean, I mean, God, none of this is making sense, but we're just following God. Amen? A lot of times God says, do this, go there, minister that way. And we're wondering, Lord, what in the world are you doing? But we've learned enough through the years. Lord, I'm just going to obey you and you'll work out, you know, the end from the beginning. But now here they are. And, and it's a strange strategy, but specific instruction. It could be embarrassing. Look, I've fools walking around. All people are like, what are we doing here? Where's, where's the battering ram? Amen. We're the slingshots and all that. And the walls fell down and so will yours. But it will demand of you an obedience to God to follow His strategy and to walk in His will. Think about that Syrian general Naaman. He was a great general. Very famous in the land. But he had leprosy. See, leprosy is like sin. No respect to a persons. Mighty people, low people, all affected by it. The talented, the not all affected by it. 
But he turns away from the gods that were false and he goes to the God of Israel. Now you know the story. He's healed, but first he's humbled. He gets angry because he doesn't like how God's telling him to live. But finally he surrenders and he obeys. And he dips seven times. And when he gets up, perfect in every way. Let's think of another one. There's so many. The Word of God, this is, this is how God works. I want God, 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 I want you to bless me. You know what God's going to do? He's going to speak to you. Most of the miracles you see in the Bible come after God gives a command and they respond to the command. Peter, come. You're going to walk on the water. Well, how to start with the command? Stretch forth your hand. Don't make fun of a crippled man. Jesus, I'm not making fun of anyone. I'm giving you a command. Stretch it out. If I say to stretch it out, you can stretch it out. I'm not that good. Listen, if he said you can do it, you can do it. Amen? Isn't that right? You can see this principle. Let's think of another one. A widow and a son will be fed miraculously throughout a long extended famine. But first, are you willing to put God first? Don't be foolish enough to think you can have God's blessing without giving God His proper place in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. No, don't be foolish here. You, you got, God, God's not our bellhop. We've got to seek first the kingdom and then these things are added for. Amen? Oh, no, no. Listen here. So here, a widow, and she, they're not even God's people, but a widow and a son, they're going to be fed miraculously through a long famine. But first, she has to make the prophet a meal, if that's not bad enough, from her last bit of dough. If this don't work, they're going to die. Lord, what are you doing? She had to trust God and obey God and have faith in God's Word. It was risky. But I want you to know, you'll never go wrong trusting the Lord and obeying His Word. It might humble you. It might stretch you. It might demand something of you that you're not right now willing to lay down. But if you hear God's voice and to respond to His Word, you'll put in motion the working and blessing of God in your life. We go on and on. The Bible's full of the principles of God. Every one of these people we talked about could have had a natural or emotional reason to say no. That would have been their roadblock to healing. That would have been their hindrance to provision. That would have been their setback from entering in and enjoying God's best. They could have said no. They could have made an excuse. But then the blessing and the promise never would have came to them. Again, this, this mindset that keeps me from obeying disables the potential of the promise God wants to bloom in my life. Remember, the enemy will try to hinder, discourage our obedience to the command. Because it's our obedience that puts in motion the working of God in our lives. I love that old preacher. He's been with the Lord about 15 years now, still on radio. J. Vernon McGee, great expositor, Dr. McGee. And he one time said, when a farmer prays for a good crop, God expects him to say amen with a hole. He's saying, when you pray... God wants you ready to respond to what God speaks to your heart. 
When you pray and ask God for something, you get ready to act because God's going to give you a promise that He wants you to respond to. Number four, this kind of mentality contaminates others around us. Looking at verse 32, we notice they spread among the Israelites a bad report. A bad report. Then if you look at verses 1 through 3 in chapter 14, how the, the, these negative voices stirred an entire nation to want to forget God and go back to slavery. To go back to bondage. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Unbelief spread throughout the nation. Let's watch what we're spreading. Let's watch what we're spreading. Our influence and our attitude should be handled carefully and wisely and reverently. Be careful what you're listening to. And be careful what you're expressing. I read about a school teacher that would send a note to all the parents on the first day of school. And the note went something like this. If you promise not to believe everything your child says happens at school, I'll promise not to believe everything he says happens at home. You shouldn't believe everything you hear, amen? But you can believe everything God says. Contaminates. May we make up our minds and be determined we're going to be a people that spread faith and encouragement and strength to those around us. Let's promote the right things in our family and in our circle of friends. Let's promote trust in God. Let's promote wholehearted service to God. Let's promote daring faith and trust, passionate praise, bold witness. As I was preparing this message, I couldn't help but think of David and Goliath, one of my favorite Old Testament stories. And I thought, had David listened to the negative advice of King Saul, when Saul said, you're not able, you're just a child, don't even think about it. How David's faith could have been capacitated. His faith could have been quenched. His faith could have been solely wounded. Watch who speaks into your life. Get away from the negative and the naysayers. Get around people that say, listen, if God's with you and God's pleased with you, go for it. You can trust this God. Just make sure you know it's God. Amen? Man can give you advice and you've got to measure it and take it. But when God speaks to your heart, when God's Bible clearly says this is the way to live, then you can live that way. It might not be easy, but I'll tell you, a hundred years from now, you'll be glad you obeyed God. You'll be glad you said, Lord, I'm believing Your Word. Let's choose to side with God. To believe His Word. To advance in His will. We don't have to be infected by the Spirit of the age that would try to get us to doubt that Word and go into the comfort zone instead of being a daring people, an advancing people, a progressing people in the things of God. This is what God is looking for. God speaks to blessing upon Joshua and Caleb. You see, there is negativity that will contaminate those around us. But then there is the Word of the Lord. And we don't have to let the negativity of the age in which we live affect our lives. We can make a choice. I'm going to work for God. And I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to believe God. And I'm not going to be ashamed of Jesus Christ. 
Amen? He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. I don't want Jesus to be ashamed of me. But I'm going to be bold. Stand in the Gospel. Stand on the Word. Look at Numbers 14, 22 through 24, and I love this. Because this is what God is looking for in every one of our lives. This is what God is looking for in every one of our lives. He says this about Caleb. This is why I love Caleb so much. God says, he says, you know what, the, the ones that wanted to go back, the ones that, 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 that rejected me, not one of those will, that, that saw my glory. They, had, they saw my glory. They saw me defeat Egypt. They saw me open the Red Sea. They saw me uh, uh, sprinkle the blessing upon them. They saw me strike down the plagues. Not one of those men who saw my glory and signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but they disobeyed me anyhow. They tested me over and up. God says, not one of them is going in. Not one of them will see the land I promised on oath. They, they, they disqualified themselves for the promise. Because they wouldn't believe God, they wouldn't obey God, they wanted to go back. Not one. God, in fact, God says, in fact, I feel like you treat me with contempt when you have ample evidence and a clear word, yet reject and renounce it. But Caleb, did I tell you Caleb's one of my favorites? All right, Caleb, this is God now. I want God to say this about me. Amen? This is something good to go for. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. You can have a different spirit. Amen? People can have a compromising spirit. You can have a different spirit. Amen? People can have a a callous spirit. You can have a different spirit. People can have a, a, a timid spirit. You can have a different spirit. Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. What kind of spirit is that? A spirit that follows me wholeheartedly. I like that. Amen? They're not ashamed to praise. They're not ashamed to witness. They're not ashamed to say, I believe the Bible. Oh, glory be to God forevermore. God says, I'm going to bring him into the land. And his descendants. His descendants. You see what I mean? His descendants. They're going to inherit it. He's bringing blessing to his surrounding. Woo! The first roadblock. I think next week I'm going in a different direction. Then we're going to get back to this down the road. But the first roadblock. And this is something we can all fall prey to. So we all got to mark it down. Many times God calls us. We don't step out. First roadblock. We must be aware of. Be careful to avoid. The impossibility mindset. A mindset that hears the promise, sees the situation, says, impossible. I can't believe it. I won't respond to it. God won't do it. Instead, let's live with the mindset of faith. A mindset that says, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. A mindset that says, if God said it, I believe it. And I'll walk in it. A mindset that says, I know in whom I have believed it. And I am persuaded that He is able this is an attitude that trusts God regardless. An attitude that believes that God is able. I want you to know your God is able. Whatever you're facing right now, your God is greater than that sickness. He's greater than that sorrow. He's greater than that situation. Whatever you're facing, you do not face it alone. I dare you find a promise in the Bible. Stand on the Word of God and trust this God. He loves you. You belong to Him. He will defend you. He will care for you. He'll bring you through. Have a mindset that says, we will see life. We'll see ourselves. We'll see obstacle challenges from the viewpoint of faith. And we'll respond accordingly. This is a different spirit. This is a daring spirit. An advancing spirit. But Caleb and Joshua 
David. Let us believe. Let's expect. Let's be willing to trust. Let's advance. Let's go forward. Let's possess God's best. Can you say amen? We open the altar. We close our service. Number one, first step to victory. Is your heart right with God? Is your heart right with God? Have you given your life to Jesus? Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. But have you given Him your life and are you serving Him wholeheartedly like Caleb did? If you're here today and things aren't right, don't leave before you make them right. This is the greatest opportunity you've ever had. You can come receive the grace and forgiveness and mercy of God, get a brand new beginning, and start off life knowing the future is beautiful because Jesus is now walking with you and things are right with you and God. And secondly, I want you to know if you, if you need prayer, we'll pray with you and believe God. You just want to spend some time praising God and giving God praise because He is great and He is able and His will for you is good and not evil. And He has a wonderful purpose and plan for your life. And if you want to just respond by saying, Lord, I'm willing, I'll give you my all. So you can use me as you desire. Let it be so. Stand with me, please. And we're going to pray and open the altar. Go. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, God, we love you. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are great and mighty and nothing's too hard for you. We thank you, Lord, that we can step out on your word and you will move mountains. You will open up the Red Sea. You will make a way. You will provide every provision. And you will use us. And you will take our lives and bless us. For that is your good will and purpose for us. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that your will is for our achievement, for our advancement, for our victory, Lord. That's your will for each one of us that serves you. And we know, Lord, and fully believe that nothing is too hard for You. The failures of our past are not too hard for You. The entanglements, they're not too hard for You. You set people free. Thank You and believe that Your promises, they're not just to the super spiritual. They're to all of us who love the Lord. And Your promises to us are totally trustworthy. We pray, Lord, increase our faith and increase our vision this day. Move us, O God, to a greater place of action, of obedience. No turning back, no settling, no cooling down. In Jesus' name. And now, O oh God, as we make a fresh altar, as we declare a fresh praise of confidence in Thee, as we draw near to receive Your touch, Father, in Jesus' name, let healing rivers flow. Let showers of refreshing fall as we praise You and look to You and open our hearts wide to receive from You. And all God's people said, Let's worship the Lord. Sing this one time through. And if you need prayer, come now. Come now. If you need to make things right, don't go. Make it right. If you need a touch from God, come. And He'll touch you and work His miracle in your life.